Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Now, check with me here. We've been talking about the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. When Christ will come before the new heaven and the new earth are established, Christ will come, the Bible says, and he will put his feet on the Mount of Olives and he will reign over the earth for 1,000 years. Now, Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4 says this, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. That's the hill that Jesus resurrected from, by the way. Which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives, note this, shall split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north, and half of it shall move toward the south. Well, then we move down to verse 8 of that same chapter. And in that day, it shall be that living waters shall flow from Jerusalem. Half of them toward the eastern sea and half of them toward the western sea. In both summer and winter, it shall occur. In other words, part of the river will flow to the Mediterranean Sea and part of the river will flow to the Dead Sea. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to Israel. I've been a couple of times and have gone to the Dead Sea and gotten in the waters of the Dead Sea. And you cannot drown in the Dead Sea. It's not possible. Because of the salt content, it causes you to just float. Now, if you were around when I showed you pictures of my trip to Israel, you remember Michelle's laughing because it's like funny pictures. But I'm in the Dead Sea and I got my feet up in the air, my hands up in the air, and I'm just kind of bobbing in the water, you know. And then I kind of flipped over and I'm on my stomach and my hands are up and my feet are up in the back and I'm still just bobbing in the water. But you you can read a newspaper, you can read a book in the Dead Sea. You cannot drown in the Dead Sea because it is dead and of the salt content. Now the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 47, it tells us that When Jesus puts his feet, listen, stay with me, on the Mount of Olives and the mountain split, the Bible says, according to Ezekiel 47, that with that split, it will bring healing to the Dead Sea. And the flow of fresh water will cause the Dead Sea to come to life. Well, listen. When Ezekiel saw this, there in chapter 47, he saw it in the spirit. When he saw this in Ezekiel 47, a man appeared to Ezekiel. And this man said to Ezekiel, he said, come here. 
And the man took a measuring tool and he measured a thousand cubits. And he told Ezekiel to come in. Well, Ezekiel came in and the water was up to his ankles. Well, then the man said, Ezekiel, come on out a little further. He measured another thousand cubits. Ezekiel, Ezekiel, come on out. And the water came up to his knees. Well, then he measured another thousand cubits. And Ezekiel, come on out. And the water came up to his waist. And then yet even a fourth time, he measured a thousand cubits. Ezekiel, come on out, man, a little bit further. And guess what? The water was over his head. Now, I believe the Holy Spirit has tucked away a little truth in there for us. The truth would be this. It's time for us Christians. Listen, if you're a Christian, listen to me very closely. It is time for us Christians, folks, to go in a little further. It's time to go in a little further. And here's... Here it is. God won't force you to go any further than you want to go. God won't force you. And God, he will take you as deep as you want to go. You see, there are some people who only want to go in up to their ankles. I mean, these are people who believe in the promises of God. These are people who are Christians, they are saved, they are born again, they are a part of the kingdom, but they only want to get their feet wet in the Lord. Well, and then there are some who want to go a little deeper. They don't just want to get their feet wet, they want to be a part of what God is doing, and they go in up to their knees. And if you will, they get involved in prayer interceding for people in the kingdom of God. Well, then there are still yet some others who say, you know, I want to go even deeper than that. I'm going to go in the water up to my waist. Well, this whole waist area symbolically in the scripture speaks of reproduction. Oh, there are some people who who say, Lord, I, I want to witness. I want to disciple. I want to reproduce for the kingdom of God. And then there are yet those who say, God, here I am. Everything, Lord, whatever you want for my life, I'm going in. And Father, I want the, the water of the Holy Spirit to completely cover my life and, and, and completely submerse me. And, and I'm going to go, Lord, and I'm going to trust you. I want what you want for my life. I'm coming to you, God, and I want the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon me. And they're asking God to flow in them in power and praise. And they're saying, Lord, do what you want to do in my life, Lord. Work in me and through me for your glory. And listen, if you only want to get your feet wet, that's okay. There's no condemnation. Don't misunderstand me. It doesn't mean you're not saved. But I do think that God has something for us as believers to go in a little deeper. Maybe you've been getting just up to your ankles and you just want to get your feet wet. Maybe you might want to say today, Lord, I want to move out a little bit more up to my knees. Lord, I want to move out a little bit more. If you're one up to your knees, Lord, I want to move out to my waist. And maybe you're there and been there at a time where you've just been, been loving the Lord, witnessing, sharing the gospel. And you might say today, Lord, that's, I, I want all of what you have for me. I think most certainly that ought to be a, a word for our church and a word for you, and for me as, as believers. So I think the question begs the question, how far down river do you want to go as a Christian? 
How deep do you want to go? If you only want to get your feet wet again, there's no condemnation. But I really believe that God has a whole lot more. And that's what Jesus was talking about when he said, John chapter 7, he says, he says that the water, that, that, that water that was flowing down those stairs, he says that he would give water that would completely submerge you. This is what he was speaking of the Holy Spirit in John 7. He's talking about the Spirit of God, completely submersing and covering our lives as believers. The water, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, also symbolic of Jesus Christ himself. The river of life, notice in our text, comes out of the throne of God. It's an eternal reminder that Jesus is the source of all life. Jesus said in John chapter 1 verse 14, in him was life and the life was the light of men. And then in John 14, 6, that very famous, powerful verse of scripture, Jesus said of himself, I am, say it with me as a matter of fact, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, this river of life speaks of Jesus. Well, after John sees the river of life flowing from the throne of God alongside the river, notice in verse 2 is the tree of life. Now, I had you underline that because the Bible, it could be said of the Bible, that the Bible is a story of three trees. Three trees. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, the first tree we see, we've seen in Genesis chapter 2. You know, the tree of life. And then again in Genesis chapter 2. We see the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then, of course, who could forget? Oh, you know, the tree called Calvary. Jesus hung, suffered, bled, and died, and hung on Calvary's tree. The story, the Bible, the story of three trees. Now, way back in time, God had just created the world. And then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life, notice that, also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, in that same chapter, verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. Well, we all know the story goes on. Adam ate from the tree of knowledge and sin and death and decay entered the world. And then God put an angel, you know the story, before the tree of life. God put an angel there so that man wouldn't live forever in that miserable state of sin. So God, listen, puts the tree of life in the midst of the garden, and then he tells Adam and Eve not to eat from it. Now, I don't know about you, but I have been asked, why would God do that? What's up with that? 
Is God trying to tempt people beyond that which they're able? I mean, why would he put a tree in the midst of the garden of knowledge of good and evil, put the tree there and say, don't eat it? Why? Well, we've talked about this. I most certainly don't want to go too far into it, but we've talked about this. Why? Because love demands choice. Love demands choice. In order for you to know that someone loves you, there must be some choice involved. For example, I've used this example in the past. Let me use it again. For example, I say to my wife, Elvira, I say, honey, or I'm not married to her. I won't call her honey. Okay. So I say, Elvira, will you marry me? And she says, well, let's see. There's no other man on the planet. I guess I'm stuck with you. Yeah, I'll marry you. And she says that, and we get married. Okay, great. No problem. But if I say to my wife, Elvira, I say, Elvira, will you marry me? And at the same time, Denzel Washington asked her to marry him. Well, then I got to kill Denzel. You got to go. So Denzel asked her and she goes, well, you know, she's, she, she goes back and forth and she says, well, Denzel, you know, Rodney is cuter. I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> well, you know. I guess I'm, you know, and, and, and we get married. Well, then, then what happens is what? Well, now I know that she really loves me and not Denzel. See, she really wanted Denzel to live, and she knew that I would kill him, so she just she said, I'll, I'll. But I know that she loves me because why? Because she had to make a choice. Love demands choice, and where there is no choice, there's no real tangible way to know that it is true love. And God will never force anyone to love him. He never has and he never will. Because forced love is not love. Forced love is rape. And God will never rape anyone. And so God put the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the midst of the garden. And he said to Adam, and he said, Adam, I love you. He says, Eve, I love you. I love you, humanity. And because I love you, I want to be in a relationship with you. I will give you an opportunity to break up with me. I'll give you an opportunity to dump me. And then I will know you love me, a sign that you love me. A sign that you don't love God is if you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. There's now a choice. Now, it's very interesting because the Bible begins with the tree of life in Genesis. We know that. And here we see the tree of life is transplanted in the new Jerusalem. Very interesting. And everyone in the city, according to our text, can eat freely. Now, remember, the garden, in the garden, man wasn't able to eat freely. But here we can eat freely of the tree of life. Now, is that good news or what? There is going to be food in heaven. Now, that, that gets me all excited, y'all. No, I just tingles all over. I mean... We're going to get to eat in heaven. People say, oh, are we going to be ready to eat in heaven? I'm like, well, I am. I mean, what about you, but, but I am. 
It's going to be food in heaven. And here's the best part. No fat grams, no calories, no carbs to have to watch. You don't have to work out like a maniac for little results. I mean, it's just going to be awesome. Fellowship with God in heaven. We can eat freely. And notice this tree, the tree of life. It bore 12 fruits. Now, it could be, scholars are torn, it could be that the tree bears fruit every month, not just once a year, or every month there might be a new fruit, like the fruit of the month, or something like that. That's what I'm thinking. Either way, fruit salad's on the menu, which is fine with me. Now, now notice, part. I want you to notice something here. I, I'm closing. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. Notice something here. I want you to notice something. Part of the reason why the tree bears fruit. Part of the reason why the tree bears fruit is simple. Because of where it's planted. Did you notice? It's planted by the river of life. Now listen, if you want to bear fruit, if I want to bear fruit, we've got to be sure that we are planted in the right place. Now Psalm chapter 1 verse 1, the godly man is like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever you do shall prosper. Amen? Why? Because you're great? No. Why? Because you've got great administrative skills and whatever you do, just Midas touch, just prospers. No, don't flatter yourself. No. No, it has everything to do, though, where you are planted. You need to plant yourself by the rivers of living water. We talked about it. Who is that? Jesus. And you plant yourself by Jesus, yes, most certainly, whatever you do shall prosper. Well, not only is there fruit in heaven, and the fruit is good, but also the leaves are for the healing of the nation. Notice that. And you say to me, Rodney, now wait a minute. You told us a couple of weeks ago that there was no curse in heaven. That there was no sickness and no sadness and no sorrow in heaven. What do you mean the leaves are for the healing of the nation? Does that mean it's going to be sick people in heaven? Huh? You told us there wasn't. Well, no, there are no sick people in heaven. Sickness is not in heaven. This word healing in the Greek language, you might want to write this down, is the Greek word therapia. Therapia? Sound familiar? Yeah, we have the word therapy. Very good. And this word, actually, in the original language, it literally speaks of maintaining health. It's almost like an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. It has that idea of maintaining health. In other words, you will eat of this tree and you will be exhilarated and invigorated. Now, that's good. You'll be exhilarated and invigorated. So when you're in a Bible study, you come to church on Sunday morning, you, in heaven you won't be sleepy. You know, I watch some of y'all, I see you. I'm looking out at you, interrupting your neighbor and carrying on. Honey, honey, wake up, wake up. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I know how you are. 
You know, I give my wife a hard time about that. I was telling them a couple of services here. I give my wife a, a, a tough time about that because, you know, my, my wife's in the sanctuary and she's usually here for the first service and, and uh, in, in the sanctuary for the teaching during the first service. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm looking to my wife for, like, encouragement. You know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm preaching hard. I'm looking. My wife generally sits over there about where, where you are, Peter, somewhere in there. And, and my wife, you know, she sits over there and I'm preaching hard. And I'm like, you know, I'm looking at her to see if, you know, if I'm doing good, doing bad. Or she got the, you know, honey, that was stupid look on her face. You know, but I, I'm looking and I'm preaching and I'm preaching. I look over at her. Hey, how, how am I doing, honey? And she's going. Well, every now and then I look over at her and I'm preaching and I'm into it. And, you know, I'm talking about Jesus. I look over at her for encouragement for, you know, and I look over at her. And she's like. <sighs> and I'm preaching. And I'm. And I'm preaching. And I'm like, and she's knocked out. <laughs> and she's got one eye open. She looks comatose. And I'm looking, I'm trying to get encouragement here. I need some help. And I'm And then we get in the car. You know how when you're on your way home, you know, and we're driving. I look up. You didn't hear a word I said in Bible study today. You weren't even listening. And she goes, yes, I was. No, you weren't. You didn't hear a word I said. I looked over at you for encouragement, exhilaration, and invigoration. And what did I see in you? <laughs> you didn't hear a word I said. And she says, yes, I did. I, what did I say? She like, runs down my Bible study, and she knows everything I said. And I go, ah, I'm trying to have an argument here. But see, you know, and, and so, but in heaven, listen, that won't be happening. You'll be exhilarated and invigorated in heaven. And that's the idea of this maintaining health and, and healing in heaven in the leaves and therefore the healing of the nation. We're going to be completely, totally, absolutely locked on to what Jesus says. Nobody will be in heaven, no, 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 we just read it. What did it say? It said that in verse 4, we'll talk about it next week, they shall see his face, and his name shall be stamped on their foreheads. Oh, what a time it's going to be when we get to heaven and we see Jesus face to face. Even Moses really couldn't see his face. Moses saw his hinder part. We'll talk about that next week. Moses saw the shadow that passed, but the Bible says when you and I get to heaven, we are going to see his face. And I don't know about you, but I look at the news every day and somebody else has been murdered and some robbery has taken place at the Sonic and something has happened here and somebody's been robbed and it's awful, awful, awful. And and you can't trust. You don't want to trust anybody anymore. This guy simply came to my house this, this past Wednesday night before service, and he was just selling the magazines. You know those guys come by selling the magazines. And my daughter came to the back of the house, and she said, she said, she said, Dad, some guy is here, and, and he, he's out front. And, and I'm going toward the door, and I looked at her, and I said, did you leave that door unlocked? And she says, well, yeah. I went, are you out of your mind? What are you doing? This is like right before Bible study when I'm supposed to come to the pulpit and be spiritual, you know. 
And I'm saying, come to the, you know, what is wrong with you? You can't leave a door open. Oh, you never know what somebody's going to do. And you lock that door and you come and get me. So I go to the door to the guy and I go, what you want? Well, sir, I'm just coming to sell a magazine, and I'm like, we don't want any. Boom. You know, Shut up. Let me tell you something right now. You can't do it. Why? Because we don't trust people. Because we have to be on guard. You know, in heaven, that won't be happening. The gates will be open. You'll be free to come and go. Free to look at the Lord face to face. Free to trust people. Trust your brothers and trust your sisters. Heaven's going to be a whole different scene, y'all. Just a whole different scene. And I don't know about you, but Father, I cannot wait to be there. In your presence, Lord. You're coming soon. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.